Okay, hello, and welcome back to My Pleasure. Tonight we're here with Dave King. I was tempted to write down on the description of the live stream of this, the Kings, because that's like kind of who we are. Should I decide to marry you? Um, Sorry, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Keep going, it's fine. And... That's is it's so weird that your last name is King. Like that yeah. is such a flex. Have you really absorbed that? Of course, yeah. But it's like so flexy that it feels almost like conceited to have as a name. Or yeah. Something. How do you even wait? Is is that possible? Is it possible that that shaped your personality? Like that you had to be sort of a humble guy because you were already a king. Whereas I'm like Esther Pavitsky, which is arguably the ugliest, most embarrassing name you could grow up with in 90s America. And so I have to be this like, I have to be aggressive and assertive about how cool I am. Maybe. Oh, I see. You're trying to, you have to disprove the Esther Pavitsky-ness of your identity. Yeah, but you're already a king by nature, so you're just like... You just sit back and let it all come to you, huh? Let the success <laughs> pour in. Yeah. I don't know. I think David had more of a... that feel, And Dave has... I, feel, I identify with that more than I do with the king name, I think. Do you think that the name Esther King will change everything for me? Well, should I marry? Should I decide to marry you? You know, when I proposed to you and you said yes, I'm listening. That is generally accepted <laughs> to be you agreeing to marry me. So I thought that's where we were at. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, if you want to maybe rephrase that as like, if you agree, if we ever figure out how to have a wedding or something, right? Then fine. But I'd like people to know that at least. In theory, you're, you have agreed to marry me. It's just And so, I, you, by the it's way. It's just the hardest thing for me because marriage doesn't have a meaning. I understand that. I know. I get it. So that's why I'm so fast and loose with it, with talking about it. Yeah. And I'm noticing that in our culture, like, people really believe in marriage. Mm, and it's, it's not just our culture, interestingly. What do you mean? Well, it's an almost universal phenomenon, meaning like across human cultures at least. Wait, so this week you and I called my dad and uh, you finally witnessed him. Will you please reshare with the world the whole Pepper thing? Oh, it was amazing. So basically what happened was we were talking to him and he was like, hold on, hold on. The dog doesn't like that I'm on the phone. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. And so he was home alone, I think. Yeah. Talking on the phone. And this tiny little dog that you foisted upon them <laughs> is now ruining their lives so much. I mean, I know he loves, your dad loves Pepper. Yeah. But, but it, Pepper is getting in the way of my dad like enjoying his yeah. final years. <laughs> Like, my dad will not come visit me. He will not... He and my mom cannot travel together because my dad refuses to leave Pepper. And it's starting to be, like... And then now the issue that my dad can't talk on the phone and... So, wait, what did he have to do? He had to go upstairs into a room. Right. Which, okay, in my household growing up or just, like, lately which is weird to say in my household lately because I am talking about my parents and technically that's not my household anymore, but that's for later. Um, In that family unit, we talk a lot about like going to your room. And so you might remember my dad was like, ah, Pepper doesn't want me on the phone. I have to go to my room. Okay. Um, And like being alone in your room is like a big part of my family's culture because my dad and I grew up in the same house, as you know, and... Like, we always laugh about how whenever his family would come visit, he would hide in his room. He'd be hiding in his room. Was his room your room? Um, it's sort of. The, my high school room was his room. Okay, I gotcha. had the, like, smaller room yeah, yeah. for when I was a kid. But um, so this, so also they make fun of me because I was always alone in my room. 
you know, playing with my toys and stuff and like, or my dad would say like, you wanted to be in your room, whatever. My point is, is what is my point? I forgot. Oh, oh, this is like big for us. Okay. I'm wondering if like all of COVID, I just, because that's what I'm used to, I like went into my room alone and like, we didn't spend that much time together. You keep you and I didn't spend that much time together. Yeah, we only didn't spend that much time together for two people who were in the same house. Yeah, you, I, I again like you're painting. I think you're painting a bit of a distorted picture here. No, we that's often true. Retreated to our own quarters and entertained ourselves or whatever, which I think was very healthy and good. No, I, think, that, you know, I know. Yeah. I really. Yeah, yeah. I feel like so many people are like, what? We, me and my partner were together like for everything. And I'm like, I can't imagine that being sustainable. But I was just tracing, tra- trying to trace things back. And I was like, oh, was I just, do I like to spend time alone in a room? Because that's just literally what I'm used well, to. That's what being family is to me, is being alone <laughs> in my room. <laughs> that's what we're getting at. Did you like being alone in your room? or did I it f- loved it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, your dad is right that you like to be alone. Oh, shit. Okay, you caught me. Yeah. I, uh, a little bit. And then also, last night, you and I were talking about how, like, you related to this. Um, the feeling of, like, being in my bedroom and it being late at night and my parents are asleep and I'm alone and it's just me and my TV and like mm. my late night shows, oh, yeah, which yeah. were like Seinfeld and maybe some Conan if it was really late. And like that feels like the most magical feeling that I'm almost maybe always subconsciously chasing is this like me and my magical entertainment and it's dark out. Does that feel relatable? Yeah, it, that's a very, yeah, it is. It is for me. I mean, that specifically was a similar but slightly different thing where like I would stay up late and I had a very old black and white TV mm-hmm. with a like I don't know what you call it but basically like a rotary it didn't have a remote control a you dial had a dial and I would watch usually like Letterman and whatever came on after Letterman Don't or, you know the phrase don't touch that dial? Sure. Okay. So I'm just surprised that that's what you had, but you couldn't remember the the name. Didn't occur to me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but there was no. Well, I didn't get cable in my room or anything. We're talking rabbit ears. I didn't get cable either in my room. That's why, like, it was basically Seinfeld and The Simpsons. Three or four channels, and then a couple of UHF stations. Yeah, I could watch like, you know, Bruins games and stuff. Wait, can I tell you something that's really confusing to me? Please. Is that Fox had all the best shows like Seinfeld, The Simpsons? No, uh, NBC. Oh, well, Fox had. Oh no, Seinfeld was an NBC show, but maybe in in syndication. Okay, well, it had The Simpsons. Depends on your local where. And Family Guy, but then it's like, so that had like the cool, funny, edgy, animated comedies. But then why is Fox News like Republican? Like, how does that match up? Like, why is Fox so different? In, yeah, is this I don't a thing know. that anyone's ever? I'm sure there's like dozens of books written about it, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't know what the history, like why Fox News. Like the word Fox almost has no meaning if it can represent both like Family Guy and Tucker Carlson. Right. I know this art, this conversation topic is probably like 20 years too late. Uh, yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't know. I mean, I think it is it has something to do with the Murdochs and their political leanings and also the fact that, like, they saw a gap in the market for a right-leaning news network. I guess at the end of the day, further, yeah. Further we're to the right over time. We're all just eyeballs with, with wallets. Oh, <laughs> so true. We're just selling soap out here. That's all we're doing. Did you like the Oscars? They were fine. What did you think? Yeah, they were fine in yeah. the background while sharing time with a loved one. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, we didn't win anything. My crush of the week is yeah. actually from the Oscars. Okay. Who is it? Not to, not to. Well, that's the song, isn't it? Oh, I thought that was the band. No, I think that's the name of the song. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, if you. This is a thing that you do where you say it 
confidently and well, then I question it and then you're like, maybe, I don't know, I could be wrong. This is it's such a guy thing. Okay, sorry, I'll look it up while, go ahead. What, okay, so the guy who accepted the award for Not To, Not To, which won the best original song, the way he's, okay, this was a thing that you and I were discussing. Not To, Not To is the song. Okay, yep. who's the guy that I like? There's two guys, M.M. Kiravani and Chandra Bose wrote the lyrics, and I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm not sure which guy gave the speech. Okay. And I think it was M.M. Kiravani. Okay, so a lot of speeches at the Oscars, I found myself, okay, when people are thanking their mom and dad, which, by the way, like, I get it. I love my parents. Like, I get it. But it's like, your parents are already happy. You won an Oscar. Like, take that moment, in my opinion, to say something fun. Entertain us. You have the world stage. Mm-hmm. Bring us joy. This isn't about your parents. Your parents won the Oscar by you winning it. Like, everyone associated with you, you can thank them later. Yes. Say you something can, cool. You can even say, I'll thank everyone privately later just so people don't think you're a jerk. And then very quickly move on I to I say, don't, everyone knows you'll thank them later. Go up there with swagger, with style. Like this guy who won for Not To, Not To. What, I mean, he might have thanked people first, but he, he sang a song. Well, he sang a parody of a Carpenter's song based on the events of, based on him winning. Yes. It was beautiful. It was he wrote amazing. a song to honor his favorite group or a group he liked, the Carpenters, which I also happen to like, and that may be why I loved his speech so much. But I feel like he did something creative. He took a big swing. It was kind of dorky and charming. It was vulnerable and cute, yes, and absolutely. It, and it's like, take a swing. I, I just think, like, you have this, the world stage. Use it, is my opinion. Uh, that's, that's that. What do you think? You're not saying it. You're like not talking. Well, I'm afraid. I'm a little bit. You're afraid. I don't know if you want me to just like say why I partially agree with you, or do you want to hear like the argument against that? What do you mean? Just fucking talk like a person. I don't. That's like weird. You're not a jukebox. I think that it's. I basically agree with you. Like that's what the audience wants. Is just like a fun moment. Yeah. But also, it's got to be terrifying. Yeah. To be up there. And I think that, like, especially for the winners who aren't natural performers, it's especially terrifying. No, I agree. So and I think I you got to be a little, cut them a little slack if they're just like, ah, I, you know. That is, of course, fair. And even as, an, as a seasoned performer, mm. I have to say there's not a chance in hell that I wouldn't also be so nervous right. and, like, in a state of shock. I and mean, I would say, sorry... Like, write it down. It's fine. Mm, yeah. I, I don't, like, if you feel like you have to or you'll do better if you write it down, write it down. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, like, if you lose, no one's going to know that you wrote a speech down. And if you win, you'll look well prepared and you'll get, you won't have any regrets if you read what you wrote down. So this podcast is for Oscar winners only. Oh. <laughs> okay. We're giving next year's winners some tips. You're welcome. Next year's winners. Yeah. But it's only for those people. What do you mean? Like other people can't listen to it or? I don't know if you understand what I meant. I guess I don't. We're giving advice to people who win Oscars. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess everyone nominated next year. Okay. Okay. They can take our advice. So let's move on to, wait, actually still staying on the Oscars, Lady Gaga Mm. Makeup free, yeah. wearing black ripped at the knee jeans, yeah. which are famously like the most stylish pant of 2014 and now like the most unstylish pant possible. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really interesting. I've been waiting for someone to bring those back because everything comes back like really fast now. Yeah. And what, it, like who, who do you, when you say 2014, who, do, who should I picture... Just like, just like every millennial blogger with like okay, a, was, bl- with a website of them with the pictures of them like drinking lattes. Got it. Okay, good. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and I you know leave it to Gaga. Did you like it? Did you like the look? I loved the look. She was beautiful. I loved the close-ups of her face. Yeah. I didn't. It's gorgeous. Don't 
I have not quite like taken to the song. Yeah. But that's more of like a Top Gun branding issue. Yeah. <laughs> than anything else. I was also happy to see um, a glimpse of our zaddy Bob Iger in the audience. Yeah, maybe your zaddy, <laughs> but or maybe you mean you are in the listener's zaddy. No, me and you, but okay. you're right. Um, Bob Iger. I think it's safe to say it was his night last night. Oh yeah, he had a big night because look, he runs Disney. Yeah, they own ABC. ABC airs the Oscars. Bob Zaddy Bob Iger got to do a brilliant, beautiful commercial for the live-action Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. which I'm convinced that that is all the Oscars existed to. That was the purpose that they needed to serve, just be a commercial right. for the Little Mermaid. If that's all that that. that Disney achieved. They did. They got the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're happy to see that. I if you, yeah, I guess if you root for Bob Iger and trillion dollar international <laughs> conglomerates, then yes, we're happy to see that. Well, here's why I can't help but root for Bob Iger because I should disclose that I work for the Disney Corporation at the moment. I think, <laughs> right? As a writer, but they don't yeah. care about little that writers. Is so true. Thank Corporations you. view writers as disposable. Okay, we, we don't have to, you know. Don't worry, they don't care about. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so can I tell you about what it is about Bob Iger's story? Yeah. That, okay, so I'm curious why you're. In-, in particular, what has me extra zazzed up over him is the fact that this man was the CEO of the Disney conglomerate corporation, whatever you want to call it these days. He steps down. Right. Things don't go as planned. Right. They don't go great without him. And Disney calls his ass back to the stage. It's giving jobs. They say... It's giving Steve jobs. To me, it's giving Broadway, baby. They say... (laughs) Bob, <laughs> ticket sales are down. Get your tap shoes out and get back out there. The show must go on. Okay, yeah. And there's this, like, Broadway, like, classic story there for me personally. It, you know, it's almost giving, a, it's like, similar probably to Leah Michelle, where it was, like, maybe that is just what I'm thinking of, is that, like, it didn't work out in Funny Girl with Beanie Feldstein. But, okay. And then they're like, fuck, we have to go with the choice that everyone knew we were going to take all along. I know that's not right. quite the same thing because they I didn't gotcha, get rid of gotcha. or whatever, but it just has that energy for me personally. That's how yeah. I'm receiving it. And, you know, I'm still reading his book, and, again, I'm. it's not lost on me that he is the tall, white male CEO of the most powerful company. He should be... He's basically, would you argue that he's the president of the United States? Well, he's, you know, I mean, people have talked about how he's, I think, at the very least, explored the possibility of running. And a lot of people have wanted him to run for president of the United States. I don't think it's a coincidence. Right. I mean, I think he's like one of those guys who is at the top of the list of... uh, you know, outsider names. Is he the president behind the president? I don't like, think so. Okay, you know how, let's say, like, Joe Biden, it's like, he's a president, right? But people are like, the man with all the power is really Bob Iger in uh, in USA. I mean, like, maybe, but I think there's... You think Bob Iger's the most powerful man in the United States? Who else would be? I don't know. He's Is he more powerful than Jeff Bezos? I don't know. I think Bezos would be in the conversation. I think, sadly, Trump is still in the conversation, just in terms of, like, getting millions of people to do whatever he wants. You know, he has a more sort of, like, concentrated power than someone like Bezos. I don't know. Well, okay, I think Bob Iger is bigger than Bezos because Bezos, like, started the company, whereas Bob Iger, like, worked his way up, which is, again, very Broadway, like... He was a lowly janitor, like he was a lonely, a lowly chorus girl, and then someone noticed his potential, and suddenly he became a swing and an understudy. Right, right. No, it's a great. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I we love the story. We do. Okay. Also, um, another last final note on the Oscars for me. I don't love a sweep. A sweep is really boring. Mm-hmm. 
when everything is going to the same movie, where is the fun? Where is the excitement? Where are the... It's a little... Yeah, it gets a little old. It's like a game where they beat them in the first... It's like, what is that called? When a game is bad? A blowout? A blowout. It's a blowout. It's like everyone ends up thanking each other. All the people involved thank each other And then we see the same people over and over. People, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. It's not to take anything away from that movie, but just in terms of the pure experience of, like, watching the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, they want it. Like, it makes you feel like at the beginning of the night they should have just said, like, and they they win everything yeah. except for these two things. It gets a little boring for me. Um, So, excuse I'm me. I'm sorry about I I'm sorry to hear that, Esther. That's hard for you. It was hard, thank you. Especially yeah. it was my first Oscars I actually watched in, like, a long time. That's... Oh, that's a shame. I wish they had considered you more yeah. when, they, when people anonymously voted for the Oscars. Yeah, I think we all agree we could have used a slap. Something. Yeah. Something. But everyone knows Maybe that. Maybe not a violent act, but... Okay, yeah. yeah. A little flub. <laughs> yeah, a flub, a live moment. A mix-up. A, a mix-up is always keep good. It mis- Something to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um. So my taste of the week this week is actually... Bone broth. <laughs> you lost me. What do you mean? Donut has the hiccups, if you can hear that. Sorry, it's very cute. It sounds like raindrops. Um, I've noticed that it's a very big part of NYC hot yeah. girl culture to walk around sipping a little latte cup full of bone broth. So I finally did it yesterday. How'd it go? Okay. One serious issue is that it's so cold here that hot drinks stay hot for, like, five minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what else happens is, like, if you drink, like, half of it, then it gets cold even faster. Yes. You know, that's and the problem I know. for me. Yeah. That's why I'm, like, even though it's ice cold in, in the city and, like, I don't want to be colder, I might have to just switch back to hot drinks full-time because... For me, the fun of my coffee is like, how long can I really make it last? Right. I want to sip it. I want, you know, I'd rather much, much rather have it be watered down than like room temperature. That's tough. Yeah. Room temp bone broth is not the most mouthwatering. But idea. room temp coffee, like that's also gross. Yeah, I agree. But you drink hot coffee all the time. Yeah, I like hot coffee. What? So you don't have any issues? Well, I don't love it when it cools down. I mean, yeah, uh, but I usually I drink it quickly enough that it's not that it still feels warm in the last few sips. I don't know. Okay, great, great conversation. I <laughs> would have brought it up if you hadn't asked me the follow up question about hot coffee. I don't know what to tell you. Um, for this week's a sad thing I said out loud is actually not as sad for me, but it's more sad for you. What? It's <laughs> Why are you? What are you? <laughs> All right. It's today when I said I'm not trying to be rude, but the food you eat okay. is repulsive. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. You have to. Re- I think you have to really paint the picture of what was going on. Go to- ahead. Oh, you want me to do it? Okay. So I had purchased a thing of clam chowder from Whole Foods. <laughs> so gross. That is, I like clam chowder. That is so weird. And <laughs> it's so I had it. I and I want to also. It up. I want to preface yeah. like I hate yucking someone's yum, but it was just like so. Just I wanted a free pass to yuck a yum today. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it to you. Okay, I'm carry on it to you. I don't know if the listeners will, but so I had warmed it up, heated it up, and had sat down to eat it, <laughs> and then you made your lunch. Which was, can I? Yeah, I had. It was. I was just having a snack. I was having an apple with peanut butter and yogurt, which I eat every day. Which I get if someone is eating. If you're particularly eating apples with peanut butter and yogurt, whatever, that the idea of like hot, creamy fish smell <laughs> is not what you want in the same. I room actually with you. think my meal has nothing to do <laughs> with with the incident. Well, but in okay, but in a vacuum, 
a hot cup of fresh clam chowder oh, on a cold no, day. That it's sentence. delicious. No. Come on. Like, it's just I look over and you're eating a bowl of fishy cream and I'm like... It's not just that. It's potatoes and clams and veggies. It's really... It's delicious. I'm not the only person who likes clam chowder. The more you stand by it... it I get it. There is something about when you break down the ingredients of it, <laughs> it starts to sound worse than the sum of its parts. Because you, you have to... The first two things you have to say are like cream and clams. <laughs> <laughs> and that's tough. But at the same time, like I don't want to... Um, you know, bite the hand that feeds me or, like, not be aware of where my bread is buttered because I do think a man that is willing to eat clam chowder, <laughs> that, is, by the way, the reason you were eating it is because oh, it wait. Come on. No, 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 no. It no, expires no. tomorrow. It was getting close, and I didn't... <sighs> Look, what's wrong with that? I didn't want it to go to waste. No, I know, but it's And it was like, pretty good. That's the like other thing. It's so, it's already so unappealing, but then the fact, knowing the backstory that you were only eating it because it was about to go bad. I wasn't only eating it, I for that reason. I purchased it <laughs> because I like it, and then I was like, oh, we've been, you know, I sort of forgot about it for a couple days there. But I do, I will, like, look, it is an ick, but it is also an anti-ick because a, a man eating a bowl of clam chowder, you know, is like, what? he's straight. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? I don't know about that. Okay. But. I'm just trying to give you, like. Or he's just, like, from New England <laughs> and, like, grew up loving seafood and, like, going to legal seafoods and getting <laughs> clam chowder. <gasps> It's so good. Oh, my God. You, like, defending it is... It's, it's, you know, it's not like I was eating... Whatever. I get it. So it's like, it either sounds gross to you or it sounds delicious to you, Yeah, think, no. So. And if it, if you're out there and a bowl of hot, fishy cream sounds good to you, like, honestly, respect. It's a probably a high-protein meal. It's probably filling. Like, yeah, it's great. I think that's great. I do think... I Yeah, but it, it just today was, like... It was caught. It was making my living. Both things can be true. Yeah, that it was delicious to me and also repulsive to you. <laughs> and neither of us are in the wrong for thinking that. It, w- it was making my life become unmanageable. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> how so? I'm just saying how I felt in the moment. Um, okay, fair enough. My anti-sadness this week is a little phrase that I've been clinging to. Which is sit with the discomfort. So it's like if you want a snack, but you know maybe it's not really the right time for one. Or if you just if if you're having a craving or if for me like this week I've been taking a lot of dance classes here in New York and sometimes they get really hard and I'm like, I want to get the fuck out of here. This is so hard. I feel humiliated. And then I just say to myself, sit with the discomfort and stay. Like, it's another 30 minutes of your life. Sit with this feeling of discomfort and stay. Or, you know, same thing with, like, it actually is works easier that way than with, like, when I want a snack. But Or, like, if you want to pick up your phone and look at Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, bro, what, sit with the discomfort of just being alone sure. for a second and see where that takes you. Is this something you did? Is this from, like, a book or from a person, that idea? I can't remember where I heard that phrase. Um because it's I've ingested so much self-help in the last like 8 months and this seemed like I I don't know where it's from. It's good. Does it sound familiar to you? Yeah, I mean it kind of rem- it reminds me of you know I it, yeah. It rings true. Of like as part of it's it feels like adjacent to a meditative practice. Yeah. Of like if you just like if you're meditating and you feel an itch like just sit with it, and the itch eventually will go away. It was very, it's very hard. It's very confidence building too. Oh, that's cool. Because like, that is ultimately the worst feeling, especially if you're like an addicty type person like me, where it's like when I want something like sugary. Oh yeah. If I can just even just delay it for like five minutes, ten minutes, right? That's confidence building. It's like, oh, I can do the the impossible. 
gives you, you're exerting a little control over your, like, cue reward cycle. Yeah, which I'm realizing now, as I say this out loud, that that is embarrassing, that it's that restraining myself from eating chocolate is, like, that big of a deal that I have to have this phrase and, like... It's no more embarrassing than just, like, this podcast in general. Oh, my God, Dave! Or just, like, having a podcast (laughs) or just, like... Existing. Existing. Saying anything that's on your mind at any given time. I guess that's fair. It's, like, it's either always everything is embarrassing or nothing is embarrassing and just, like, pick your poison. Yeah. There's something to that. (laughs) I actually think that's true. Yeah. My favorite thing was last night when I knew I said something stupid and I looked over at you and you didn't, like, say anything. And I was like, oh, so sometimes he just, like, ignores me when I'm talking. It wasn't an ignore. It was more of, like, just let that dissipate and then we'll both just... I don't even remember what it was. But I knew that it wasn't worth acknowledging or, you know, responding to. I kind of, like appreciated that yeah i was like oh okay like sometimes that it was you know what it was the nicest thing i could have done (laughs) was just sort of let it go that's like when i texted you that i i'm considering becoming the next ceo of netflix and you just never responded yeah well what am i supposed to say to that (laughs) that's because that's a joke to me (laughs) but it's also probably like i'm at work or something (laughs) when you text me it's like what am i what do i (laughs) Oh, that's oh, that's great, babe. You should do that. Like, what am I gonna text? <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah, I'm gonna text you. Go, girl. Um, pretty exciting times. We're living through our first big bank collapse oh, together. Yeah. yeah. Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, and this is my first bank collapse where I know what a bank collapse is. <laughs> okay. Where I know what it means when there's a Run on the banks. Yeah, and but it, this is—is is this what happens? And it's a wonderful. It life? is, yeah. and that's why I know. I know, yeah, because I watched that last year, and it. What What do we think? Are we excited? Are we scared? Is the economy going to crash? Or what What do we? What are your tips as a man who's ten years older than me and knows stuff? I generally feel like don't. No, like nobody knows, and don't listen to anyone, especially me. Mm. So, probably a good time, as it always is, to just sort of like take stock of where your money is, if you have some money, and just like I don't know, maybe spread it out over some institutions. But I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like there's a good chance that there will be zero, like actual. Excuse me. Oh my god, the clam chowder is coming up. <laughs> Ew! It, wait, what if it like comes out of you and like attacks me at night? <laughs> what? I don't like know. a horror movie? Yeah, it comes to life. I don't think that's gonna happen. Okay, probably not. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. I I think it's like there might be some bank collapses, and but I don't know. Do you can you explain what you were telling me about what why this bank collapsed because it's kind of weird. I'll it's try. kind of random. It is a little random. <laughs> My understanding of it, which is not great, is that they seem to have like By the way, yeah, okay. is this like the moment in the movie of the world where like if this was the Titanic, this is like when the guys are like, yeah, you know, they we hit the iceberg and whatever. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, is that what this conversation is? Well. Where we're like, it's probably fine. You know, there's always people who are saying it's going to be fine. And then there's always, like, people who are saying, like, Titanic will founder. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, some of them will be proven to be right and some will be wrong. So I that's why I choose kind of not to listen too much to anyone. Are we okay? Yeah, keep going. Um, okay, so th- my understanding is Silicon Valley Bank, they basically like placed a huge bet, so to speak, on very low-risk like treasury bonds, mm-hmm. very low interest at the time, treasury bonds, T-bills, whatever, 
And what happened over like the last year, roughly, was that rates, interest rates rose pretty dramatically, like from a historical perspective. And so those very low interest bonds became relatively worthless or or they had to write them off, basically. And to do that, they had to sell a massive amount of shares in their company to raise the capital to cover the losses. Bored. Well, I would never have tried to explain what happened, but you specifically asked me to. I neither think it's interesting, nor do I think I'm well qualified to speak about it. Moving on. Yeah, let's please move on. I don't want to be doing this either. But I do, I think we'll we'll look back. I wonder what we'll look back. What will we look back on and say? Like, oh, we had no idea it was coming. This was... It's, it turned out to be the housing market crash all over again, what or I, it was nothing. What I really or think somewhere in between. is that it's just going to be more of the same, where it's like, holy shit, this economy is going to crash, but like it kind of doesn't, and they keep putting bandages right. over it for like a while. Yeah, but again, what does it mean for the economy to crash? I mean, I also do think the one basic rule that seems to hold true is that Everything will work out for rich people and poor people will get fucked. And that, like, yeah, I I know that's sort of hacky to say. No, it's not because it's like it, it. I think it's good to just be aware of like that. That's always the fucking truth in America. Absolutely. Where when I hear of like how Russia has oligarchs and I'm like, what's that? And it's like, oh, they're just really rich, powerful people that no one wants to fuck with. It's like, oh, we have that here too. It's just billionaires. Like yes, we're creeping closer to that. And yeah. we've had that at times, like during the you know turn of the century, twentieth century. And I just go back to a little song I did a tap dance to mm. in 1997. All I want to say is that they don't really care about us. Michael Jackson. No. Yeah, I mean. Is it what? Well, I don't want to think about Michael Jackson. Oh. I don't think that's I, in the top 20 of his best songs. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, yeah, okay. Right, okay. Yeah. And he's probably singing about black people. and it's, Oh, I'm, me probably. I don't know. Yeah, and for me, I was just, in, I was tap dancing. Right. Didn't you also do a dance to... Um, the theme from Schindler's List once? Yes, my dance teacher, there was a, yes. So one year the dance recital was basically the story of my dance teacher's divorce and it culminated in the song about her divorce that that dance was Schindler's List. Well, that's not a song about her divorce. Well, for us it was, (laughs) Dave. (laughs) And then I, in my theater class, performed a dance to that song because I loved it so much. And afterwards, like, it was basically, like, in theater class, we all were, like, performing some sort of performance art, whatever. And for me, I was like, I'm going to obviously do a dance because I'm such a good dancer. And so I danced to that song. And then afterwards, the teacher was like, well, what did everyone think it was a very does anyone know what the deep meaning here is and no one knew and he was like well the song choice uh-huh. and then I was like oh that was kind of the moment where I realized the Schindler's List theme song it's very heavy yeah it's and very it's, loaded it's not to be used lightly no it's not about a dance teacher's divorce <laughs> I actually no. think that is the greatest comedic life incident that I've ever participated in is dancing about my dance teacher's divorce to the theme song from Schindler's List. What's funnier that you've seen in a show, right? Well, yeah. Were you doing like a, was it like an upbeat jazz dance? No, it was about her divorce. It was a very sad dance. You've heard the song. It's the song. It's a very sad song. Yeah. It's the saddest thing ever. I also, speaking of really weird performance art in class... With music choices, um, in when I the brief semester I spent in college as a theater major before I realized that if I wanted to finish all the program I was going to have to stay an extra year and I was like hell no get me out of these cornfields. Um, I is it really cornfields? Yes, Steve. 
It's, I can't picture that. I got to go there sometime and see what it's actually like down there. It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it does have a college town and that's, you know, a thing yeah, that people yeah. love. But, and I would love to go with you. I have, it's the one thing from my youth I have not revisited. Right. You've never been back, right? Yeah. And so I would love to go back at some point, maybe this year that's on the bucket list to like go back and see what memories come back to me. We could go back for alumni weekend. Oh. Awkward. Awkward. Didn't graduate. Um, Okay. Wait, what were you going to say though? So basically we got this assignment in class to, you play a song and like you just without, you don't say anything, but you just kind of like with movement perform something. Yeah. Um, Or you could just sit there, whatever. And the song I chose was, the Touch of My Hand by Britney Spears, which is a song about her masturbating. Jesus. Did you know that? I actually did know, but I didn't realize just how uncomfortable it would make the entire class and the professor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's another time where I took a swing. Isn't that fun? You seem... Are you bored? No. I, what are I, you? Where are you at I'm mentally? Like, I'm, su- I'm just surprised that you couldn't... I mean, look, I made dumb choices in college, too. But that you couldn't anticipate that the p- other people would be weirded out by that choice. Maybe I did, and that's what Ooh, I wanted. you wanted it. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Get under their skin. Yeah, what? really I'm, make them I'm think. I'm weird, so what? Um, You know a pet peeve I have in our culture is when people use the word sip, like referring to, like, getting drinks like i saw something that said like eat sip sauna oh yeah it kind of made me cringe well that's tough and i mean not the sip part is the worst but the whole thing of like you know just the single word you know whatever live laugh coffee or whatever (laughs) i've never heard that one but that was pretty good you know what i mean the like sort of Target inspirational. Wait, I want to tweet Live Laugh Coffee. That's really funny. You can. I don't think it'll... I don't think you'll see a lot of engagement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we covered your pet peeve. Um, You and I have been on a bit of a tear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Will you tell everyone? Is this what the movies? Yeah. Okay. We've been doing a little dive into like classic 90s, what would you call them? Action thriller movies, but good ones. Yeah. So we watched A Few Good Men, The Firm, and The Fugitive. Yes. If you have seen my Instagram stories in the last few days, I've been posting random images from The Firm because... I now identify as a firm. Oh, not as the hero, but the villain. (laughs) I want to be a firm. The villainous institution. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I want to, like, operate within a firm. There's something about the camaraderie, the brotherhood. Like, you know, we're all in this together. But why don't you choose a different firm to emulate instead of the one that, like, represents the mob and then kills you if you try to leave. Because I like that yeah, if they you, kill you when you, no one will try really to leave. Yeah, yeah, we're all stuck together. You want to be Wilford Brimley. Who is he? He's the head of security. The guy who goes she finds heartache, Mitch. Oh, <laughs> wait, no. The security, he has to do too much. Okay. You, you don't want to be, be like... You want to be Hackman? You want to be Avery uh, Tolar? I do want to be Gene Hackman, but honestly, the scene where he's inviting Tom Cruise's wife to come to, where do they go? Barbados? or uh, Aruba? I don't remember. It's like, wow, the realities of a sugar daddy are just not quite as glamorous as you picture it when girls talk about it on TikTok. Like, he's so repulsive when he's trying to seduce her that you're just like, oh, God. I I always thought that could be a backup plan, but it's really not possible. What? <laughs> Why do you have... That's your backup plan? 
why do you have a backup plan? <laughs> why is that the backup plan? <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, we watched. We also watched The Fugitive. And A Few Good Men. Which, few good what, men. Which, which was your favorite of the three? Gosh. Okay. A Few Good Men is, while it is awesome. Yeah. It's a little too hard to follow with all the military jargon. Okay, all right, yeah. Then we've got this. It's very Sorkin-y also. Yeah. It's not the most Sorkin-y thing, but it, you know. The Firm and The Fugitive, however, a little more fast-paced. Yeah. A little more. Fun. It, yeah, and I mean, the scene in the, in oh, this was in The Firm, but like when he gets off the bus and he's like, the guy's like, meet him over there. And like, you know, when he gets... Oh, that's amazing. Like that kind of 90s hijinks, mysterious. Have a seat on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I feel like 10% of my brain is always focused on how to make my life You want people to be doing... You want someone to like pass you on the street and go like... The package arrives at midnight. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I just realized another one that has some of that... Which is probably almost certainly not as good as, as these is murder at sixteen hundred. What's that? That's there. That's uh, there's a murder in the White House, and Wesley Snipes has to figure out who did it. Oh, but there's. I'll tell you what the moment is that reminds me of that in murder sixteen hundred, which is. Um, Alan Alda is talking to Wesley Snipes, and like Alan Alda has a clue to give Wesley Snipes, but he can't do it in broad daylight. So he goes like, he's like, uh, what do you do? What's the first thing you read in the newspaper every morning? He's like, I don't know, the sports section. He goes, a study came out recently. He said people who read the funny pages live longer. Check it out next time you, or something like oh, that. Wow. And then the next morning, a newspaper comes on his doorstep and he goes right to the funny pages and there's some evident, I don't know, pictures in there or something. We love to hear we it. We love a cryptic message. Yes. A not so cryptic message yes. about where your next clue will come right, from. Right, because it, like the nine, it, that, it has to have that 90s heavy-handed element to it yeah, because yeah. that is what, it's so cheesy. Yeah, but it's fun. Exactly. Yeah. And that yeah. was the other big takeaway from watching these movies is like, one, they're good because they're good movies and if they're tried and true, they're market tested. So like, that's great. You know you're watching a good movie that is a fun time. But because it's been so long, you're getting on top of the good movie experience this like perfect time capsule of an era. Like even just in the firm seeing the 90s decor and like the ugly ass and I shouldn't say that that's just because like it's what I grew up with so I don't like it but like the 90s paintings the like barren walls and then one plant (laughs) in a room yeah the fucking the 90s bathing suits yes the bathing suits and the vacation scenes like you really get an ex- an immersive experience. Totally. Is it immersive or submersive? It's immersive. Okay. Well, then what's submersive? Submersive is like underwater. Immersive is like all around you. Mm. You know? Okay. Immersive then is Yeah, good. I think so. Yeah. So it, that, and also what you pointed out is like, oh, like a 90-minute movie where people are not on cell, like there's no cell phones. Yeah, that's fun. Why is that so appealing? Maybe it, like, makes you not want to be on your phone for a little bit, and it's just, like, it makes the complications fun where people have to, like, use pay phones and stuff. I don't know. It's just cool. It just feels like everything's a little harder. Like, was it easier to write stories back when you didn't have to have cell phones? Maybe. It might have been easier to write, like, that kind of mystery thriller but i don't know i think you could there's they certainly still make that kind of movie but it's like in our culture there's like no stakes because it's like you can always text someone whereas in a 90s movie like you said you need to find a payphone or like there's like a part in the firm where it's like well we won't be able to let tom cruise know in time right you know so what do you think cruise versus ford Gosh, man, that's such a good question. Because Tom Cruise, back to back in A Few Good Men in the Firm, you're just like, oh, he, he just oh my God. Owning the screen. Like, I've been, what a fool I've been yes. to think Scientology matters. It well, doesn't matter. Okay. He's not. a hero. He's a charming. And also, like, 
he isn't even that hot. It really is his essence that makes yeah. him attractive. Yes. Which is the best. I mean, he's very good looking. But then Harrison Ford and the Fugitive. I mean, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. But it's good. He's such a a man. Yes, he's so hot, man. Will you explain? Something about seeing, like, because, you know, he's after he escapes, he's like this dirty, disheveled guy. And he has to, like, treat his wounds and clean himself up. But he's got... He's smart and street smart, so he's able to do it. And, like, you know, and he instantly looks hot. He looks hot when he's dirty, and he looks hot when he's clean. He's he looks hairy. hot in a beard. He's hairy. He's bloody. He's bloody. He's, like, you know, it's very primal. It's good. Yeah, and then also Harrison Ford on a phone call is, oh, he's like... he's really good, yeah. His phone acting is yeah. just... It's it just it grabs you, and I know that we're not saying anything new here since everyone has known that these two men are movie stars for the last thirty years. But it's fun to go back and really see what it's all about for yourself. You know. Yep. What movies do, do you think we should watch next? I, I would know. love to watch some Indiana Jones. Of course. Now that we're really ap- appreciating Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah. I think we'd watch. You know, Raiders and Last Crusade. Okay. It's very boyish of you to, like, have a really strong opinion about not watching one of the three. I mean, if you want to watch... I don't even... No, no, respect. I'm not that into those movies. I'm just saying, like, those are the movies. It's not an insult when I say something is boyish. Okay, cool. It's just like, oh, that's, like... Sick. Not a way I think. Yeah. I saw them all in one day once in the movie theater. They did a thing in Boston. Where you could Nerd watch them back to back alert. to back. It was fun. I did that with Kill Bill. That's one and just two. two. Yeah. But that's fun. Okay. So who's are we both fun people? Oh yeah. <laughs> We've really proven that tonight. <laughs> um Dave, I wanna thank you so much for Oh for your time. You're welcome. And um for, you know, being my best bud. Gross. And I would also like to take this moment to announce officially that I will be performing in New York City and tickets go on sale this Tuesday. So if you're listening to this when it comes out on Thursday, they're already on sale. I hope there's still some left for you. When? They're going on sale Tuesday. Oh, oh this the shows are in July. Yes, they're at Joe's Pub. Trying to help you out here. And you can get tickets this week. And What's the show called? The show is called Five Foot Nothing. Love it. And it's going to be a stand-up show. There might be some tap shoes involved. Yes. And they're intimate, and they're classy. They're in the theater district. We're leveling up, in a sense. Yeah. So I'm really That's excited. Great. So you can get tickets at estheronice.com, and there's also tickets on sale currently for Miami, Atlanta, and North Carolina. But I'm really, really excited to see you guys in New York City this summer. And that's our time. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.